So often, we fail to set boundaries, not because we don't know what the boundaries we're supposed to be setting are, but because we don't know how to tell the other person what they are. Welcome to a Boundaries Masterclass on how to communicate your boundaries. Welcome to a discussion here on Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're continuing our week-long masterclass series on boundaries. I am, again, I said to you yesterday when we talked about when you don't know what the boundaries that you're supposed to be setting are, How do you identify that? How do you figure that out for yourself? And today we're talking to you about communicating them to other people. And as I continue this conversation with you, I just want to remind you that I recognize this isn't your first time at the party. This isn't your first dance. That boundaries probably are not an unfamiliar concept for you, but sometimes they're an uncomfortable concept. Sometimes they come with hard conversations hard talks, accountability discussions that can leave us feeling a little bit like we have vomit rising in our mouth, if we're going to be honest, right? So what I want to talk to you about today is how do you communicate your boundaries without starting a fight? Because I don't think boundaries need to be sort of equated with conflict, and oftentimes they are. And you heard me talk a little bit about this yesterday in yesterday's conversation, because I think sometimes we get so nervous about setting a boundary, telling somebody to please pay a bill within 15 days of receiving it, or to tell somebody, please don't call us after nine o'clock at night, or to let somebody else know that we need to be seen or heard respectfully or differently. We don't know how to have that conversation, so we just skip it. Sometimes we skip it because we're not validating our own experience. Sometimes we skip it because we think we're just, you know, giving somebody a get out of jail free card and we're letting them off the hook and we don't want to be sticklers. But every time we let a boundary go, we're teaching people how to treat us. We teach people how to treat us based on what we tolerate. So if we're really going to understand boundaries and we're going to see how they play a healthy role in our functioning and our development, both, both personally and as bosses of our businesses, we have to remind ourselves of some fundamentals that go along with communication. Because I think we have this sort of tendency sometimes with the really hard conversations. If it's going to disappoint someone, if it's going to make somebody uncomfortable, if it's going to feel like an attack, if it's going to feel like picking a fight, I think it's really easy to kind of want to get the hard part over and say, I just, I need people to not call me after nine o'clock at night. Or if you could just please pay the bill on time, that would be great. Great, thanks. And we we rush the boundary because we're so uncomfortable with the conversation. But what we need to be doing is remembering the rules of communication and remembering that what we want to do is learn how to talk so other people will listen. Because at the end of the day, boundaries make people feel safe. You know, I always go back in this conversation, and you've heard me do it already, go back to my days working in residential, because 
I was the strictest mofo in the program, but I was also the most popular, favored, and beloved staff member in the program because kids knew what to expect of me. They knew that a rule on Monday would be a rule on Tuesday would be a rule on Wednesday, and that creates a sense of safety. When people don't know what is really okay or what you're really capable of tolerating, they dance a little bit and they get anxious. And then in their anxiety, they kind of go left or right of center. And they may not be saying what they mean or meaning what they say because they're too busy wondering and worrying how what they're saying or what they're doing is impacting you. And we lose transparent communication. And what I want to do with you guys today is have that transparent conversation and help you have that transparent conversation with people. Because sometimes, you know, boundaries are just going to be like your your work with me guidelines. Like these are my business hours. This is when I work. This is how I work. This is what to expect of me. And you're just basically going to give people the rules of the road. Like this is how to get along great with me. And it's going to be a casual conversation. It might be in your terms and conditions. It might be part of your contract. It might be just in your, you know, beginning conversation and your diagnostic conversation when you're starting off with someone new. Or sometimes in your personal relationships, you're going to realize that somebody's been rubbing you the wrong way or doing something that doesn't feel particularly good or nurturing or warm or helpful. Again, fill in the blank here with your own uh, situation. And you're going to have to say something out loud. And I think that the more you can spend and talking to somebody, recognizing their point of view, and explaining your rationale, the more likely you are to set the conversation up for success. The best way you can do this is with a good prevent defense. So before somebody breaks your boundaries or steps on them or dings them or pushes them around a little bit, tell them in the context of of however you come to know them. So if it's a prospective lead into your business, you're going to manage it through your work with me contract or your work with me guidelines. If it's in a personal relationship, you're going to have a conversation over to coffee and you're going to say, hey, you've become a really important person to me. I'm really enjoying our relationship. I just need you to know that the way I move through the world, I need more A, B, and C and less X, Y, Z. You know, the example... Um, that comes to mind right away for me. Um, I went to a conference in Vancouver at the uh, in fall of last year, and when I went, I made this um, just this fast friend. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, where you just you meet somebody and you hit it off right away. And so I met this woman, Sarah, and we hit it off right away. And it was constantly like um, just quick, witty, banterful kind of conversation. We seemed to connect and get each other on a really good level. Um, we had, you know, both sort of safe seats at a table so that we would sit together for one of the, um, you know, sort of conference presentations. And it just, it happened easily and it happened quickly. But for me, conferences are something that typically drain me. Um, conferences are something that like, it becomes a little bit too much peopling. It becomes too much energy out and not enough energy going in, particularly for this conference, because I was presenting at the conference. I was also 
also um, working with the owners of the business who were presenting the conference on some of their own personal things. So I a lot of energy was going out for this particular presentation. I didn't have a lot coming into the bucket. This new fast friendship was definitely like pings and clinks in the bucket. It was feeling good and I was taking it in, but I also knew I needed alone time. So on the second night, she said, hey, when are we doing dinner? And I had to say, listen, I would love to do dinner, but I need to go back to my hotel first. I need to decompress a little bit. I want to check in with my husband. I, you know, just kind of need to catch my breath because I've been on all day. And I, you know, and what I said to her is I don't want to have to be on for you. Like, I don't want you to see the face. I want to just be able to hang out with you. And if I don't like get some decompressed time, if I don't get to take 10 deep breaths or do something, a quick walk, like you're going to get the on version of me, which is, you know, it's a real version of me, but it's not the, um, it's not the version of me that's connecting. It's not the version of me that's going to build, um, you know, genuine connection and, and feel real. It'll, you know, it'll just be a little bit of professionalism. And because I said that, she was like, by all means, like, go to the hotel, take all the time you need, because of course I want the real version of you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course I want to connect with you in a real genuine way. I don't want you to have to fake it. I don't want you to have to pretend. So yes, absolutely. Whatever you need to do, please do it. So I didn't say, you know, <clears throat> excuse me again, fog in my throat. Sorry about that, my friends. I didn't say like, I just need some time to myself. Thanks. I explained the rationale. Um, I'm really enjoying getting to know you. I'm looking forward to getting to know you more, but if I don't take time to myself, I'm going to lose my mind and I really want to be able to connect. When you tell people the rationale, when you include people in, this is the way I move through the world. This is how I am the most comfortable. It sets you up for success. And one of the things that like, I always remember the first time really experiencing kind of like a pushback to my boundaries was in college where I used to do these things called me days. And it's so funny as I tell these stories, I go, wow, like even back then I was already me, right? Like you think sometimes like I know myself enough to know now that I'm an introvert and I get my energy being alone. Um, when I was 18, 19, I wasn't so savvy enough to figure that out. I just knew that I like wanted to run away from the dorm once a month. And I would leave this note on my wipe off board and say like, gone for the day, we'll be back later. Well, apparently, like, you really can only do things in groups when you're in college without, like, creating some sense of campus-wide emergency, because I got all these messages, you know, when I got back, back in the day when you, like, had to check your messages, like, when you were back at your house because your phone was attached to a jack in the wall and there was this voicemail thing you would have to call in to pick up. I got all these messages of, like, where have you been? Are you okay? How are we supposed to know you're safe? You can't just go on like that from my other 18 or 19 year old friends. I also like down the line decided <laughs> that they were all kinds of needy and too many kinds of needy. And I made a lot of changes to those friendships. But I remember that one vivid day where I ended up saying like, listen, if you're uncomfortable being friends with me because I'm going to go into the big bad city all by myself and I'm not going to tell you where I am and I'm not going to tell you what time I'm coming back, then like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I get if you can't contain that, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to not do this and I'm not notifying people. I value my independence. I value my time. I'm finally not living in a house with my parents with their rules. I'm certainly not putting 
putting, you know, my, my, the way I live up to anybody else's scrutiny. So my friends could have boundaries, right? And that's what's so important in this conversation is boundaries exist on both sides of the fence. So my friends could say, I'm not comfortable being friends with someone who just randomly disappears without a word. And I get to say, as somebody moving through the world and figuring out her independence for the first time, I need to be able to do this. So we have to figure out either how to do this together or recognize that what I need and what you need are two different things. Now, this conversation, as you hear me play it out, it's not an easy conversation. And I can imagine it's making some of your stomachs turn, right? It'd be so easy to just suck it up and let somebody know when you're leaving for the day or Make sure that when you're back, you tell somebody because it'd be so much easier to roll your eyes and grit your teeth through that moment than having the hard conversation. But it's really the hard conversation we need to have. And when you acknowledge for people that like you understand their point of view, you understand why they might need A, B, or C, but you're willing to stop and pause and have the conversation for why that doesn't work for you and why you need it to be D, E, and F anyway, then you can let it go. And they may not agree with you. They may be in conflict with you over it, but you are giving them all of the information you need because you're telling them what you want them to think. And that's where your control ends, right there in that moment. You can't control if they agree with you, that you can't control whether or not they like you, whether or not they like, you know, see you as, you know, anybody like that they like, you know, want to support or any of that. All you can do is tell people what you want them to think and move through the world in such a way that they believe you. And if you can sort of acknowledge their perspective, tell them why their perspective doesn't work for you, explain your perspective, what you need instead, and why you need it, that opens the door to conversation. The other thing that's really powerful, and it's so funny, people in my personal life who who are listening to this are going to be like, oh, I received that conversation. I always say, listen, you're really important to me. And I wouldn't have to have this conversation with you if you weren't important to me. I would just skip it entirely and let distance prevail. But I, it's important to me that you know, because I want to continue to stay in touch or I want to continue to A, B, or C. So you let them know, like, it is because I want a better closer relationship with you, that I'm letting you in on the inner workings of me, that I am letting you know what I actually think and feel and need inside a relationship. Because people who don't matter, they don't make the list. Because here's the thing about these boundary conversations. You can hear how many words they take. You can hear how much energy it takes. And we are not going to have that time and energy for everyone. We're only going to be having these conversations with the people who matter, the people we're going to be doing business with, the people who we're going to be friends with, the people we're going to be in romantic relationships with, because those are the people that are going to interface as we move through the world in the way that we are meant to and designed to. And it's not always going to be smooth. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, a lot of compromises. For example, I get my energy by being alone. My husband doesn't particularly get energy by other people, but he gets his energy by being with me. <laughs> so, so I don't like, I, I love him to bits, but I don't get my energy being with him. I get my energy being alone and then I'm able to be with him with joy. 
He gets his energy and his bucket gets filled when he has a lot of time with me. So one of the things that I constantly have to acknowledge and say is like, listen, this is where you and I butt heads. Like, you really want time with me. I really need alone time. I don't need that much alone time in order to be able to give you buckets and buckets and buckets of time with me. So I'm going to take some alone time. I'm going to go off and do this thing for a little while and then I'll come back and find you. And sometimes, guys, this is just me taking an hour in another room watching a show on DVR. Sometimes it's me going for a walk in the neighborhood, grabbing a cup of coffee. And sometimes it means I need to take a half day to myself. So it, it's not always the same and it's not always rigid. But when we're aware of what we need to be our best versions of ourselves and can communicate that, it sets us up for success. And one of the things that, you know, that's where we, that's the only part of this we can control is we can tell people what we want them to think. We can set them up to be successful in relationship with us, but at the end of the day, that's where our control ends and theirs begins. So when we take the time to really understand someone's perspective, when we understand their fears or their worries or their anxieties, and we can speak specifically to them, it sets the whole interaction up for success. It sets, you know, more more intimacy, more genuine connection, more relationships up for success when you, you know, include your rationale and also identify why the other person might be feeling that way. The other thing that I think people forget about is the opening up the opportunity to allow the person to ask a question. Because I think sometimes what's preached about when we talk about boundaries is like, you just get to set your boundary and if they don't like it, they can go, right? Like how many times is that the message we hear when we talk about boundaries? What I like to do and what I like to encourage is more of that open dialogue. My boundary is not negotiable. But if you need to talk to me about it because you don't understand it, I can give that a go. Sometimes people are just going to be toxic and they're going to argue with you until they're blue in the face and you're blue in the face and you're going to have to set a new boundary to say, listen, I'm not talking to you about this anymore. I have this boundary. I see clearly that you disagree, but I, you know, I, I just need you to know that this is the way it is and you're going to move on from the conversation because it's too exhausting to do anything else. But sometimes people are just genuinely confused. Sometimes they think they're closer to you than they are so they don't understand why they're being kept at arm's length sometimes they think they're you know they're as a result they think they're the exception to the rule or sometimes because people don't have any ill intent towards you because they genuinely love adore and respect you they can't imagine why you wouldn't want them closer or nearer or why you wouldn't be more permissive of you know certain things so sometimes you do need to just open the dialogue but the thing that I want to encourage you guys to recognize is this doesn't have to be a Heather, we need to have a talk talk. I think so often we set these conversations to be up to be just super intense and super obnoxious. A lot of the conversations I have with people around boundaries are really sort of matter of fact because it is a matter of fact that I have that boundary. So it's just so you know or FYI or ABC and I don't like say that okay, so we can we sit down and I'm going to look you right in the 
I and I'm going to have the boundary conversation. And I don't tell my clients, okay, so now I'm going to send you a 10 item itemized list of all of my boundaries and all of my rules for doing business. It doesn't have to be that forced, that organized, because you're going to trust the process. So you get to say like, hey, we're getting to know each other fairly well. I got to let you know I'm a total introvert. So yes, I'm going to love hanging out with you, but that's no offense. I'm also going to need some alone time. Or, hey, you know what? I love the fact that we started doing business so quickly. I love that I sent you my link and you scheduled with me right away. I, you know, I just need you to know that, you know, as we're starting up, like I'm going to have to go back a couple of steps and get some background information and get some details about you because I want to be able to start on the right foot. Like you're just telling people and it doesn't have to be a thing. And so much of that you know, you can decrease that tension and that anxiety and um, all of that for yourself if you don't make it a thing for yourself. I think sometimes we puff up this whole boundary conversation and we make it super intimidating and overwhelming for ourselves when all we have to do is be like, okay, this is how I'm my best version of me. This is what I need my best version of me to be. So I'm going to do that. You know, again, going back to college days, um, the way I'm I'm laughing. The way I'm talking to you right now is the way I wake up in the morning. So I'm sure I'm alienating and annoying half of you listening where I like the alarm can go off at six o'clock and I can be having this conversation with you at five past six in this exact way with this exact energy. Um, my roommate in college and my husband um, can't handle sound in the morning. <laughs> So my my roommate, like we we were best friends for like the the first year. So freshman year in college, we were best of friends, but it never really like we never noticed that we didn't see each other to start our days. And so it wasn't until I was in the room with her for the first week of mornings where she's like, "Okay, and now I want you dead." Um, and she was able to say, "Listen, I am not a morning person. I hate noise in the morning. I hate talking. Like we need to not talk for the first." hour of every day and we'll be fine. Um, and I remember at the time being like so put upon, like, what do you mean? We're best friends. This was supposed to be the best year ever. And like being married to my husband, I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to talk to me? What do you mean you don't find me to be the most interesting person on the face of the planet at 6.15 in the morning? Because I've got important things to say. Like instead of like making it personal, I've learned and accepted that to be their best version of themselves meaning not kill me, is I need to keep my mouth shut and I need to keep the volume low. And I need to respect that other people start their day differently, which means sometimes when I need to get that morning energy going and that juju going, I'm doing a hit workout. I am doing something that's super high energy, that's pumping me up for the day, that's getting me excited. And I'm doing it in a different room than where my husband is. So I can have my high energy start to the day and he can have his low key start to the day. And we find our middle and it's not some intense conversation. It doesn't become this huge conflict, but it's, hey, I don't want to fight with you for (laughs) the rest of the day. So how about you not speak in the morning? And it's casual and it's fun. And when you're in relationship with people, you get to find your own style. But so much of you finding your style is going to be to not give your boundaries as much time and energy and oxygen. It's this is what I need to be my best version of myself 
Why would I not guarantee what I need to be the best version of myself? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to help people get the best version of me, beginning, middle, and end. And when you look at it that way, it's common sense. And who doesn't want to say yes to that? Who's going to be like, you know what? I want to talk to you right away. So I want the less than perfect version of you. I want to be sworn at. I want to be, you know, I want to hear your sucked teeth. I want to see your eye roll. Nobody's going to sign up for that. So if you talk to people and you explain like, this is how I'm best, then everybody's set up for success. And when you make it a matter of fact, because it is a matter of fact, you set yourself up for success and you set everybody else up for success and they know the boundary. So then they feel safe. Then they're not second guessing themselves or, you know, I hate when people don't know what my boundaries are. And I sense that they're kind of like pussyfooting around me and kind of in this like nervous tick like way rather than like saying, Hey, do you mind if I email you for your two cents? Or is that like, am I going to get a bill at the end of it? You know, usually that's, that's one of the ones where I see people doing the little bit of a dance around me instead of saying like, Hey, listen, I want your two cents on something. It's totally cool. If this is, you know, a professional boundary on your your part, like, but I was just wondering if you had an opinion about A, B, and C, and allowing me the option to decide, like, actually, that falls into the professional work of what I do, or no, this is totally a personal conversation I'm willing to have with you. So that's where I want you to go with this. I want you to take this boundaries conversation down a couple of notches, get real with the people, so to speak, and just be really matter of fact about it. And sometimes that means you're going to backpedal. Sometimes that means, like, we talk about yesterday, you're going to have to say to people, listen, this has been a boundary a long time in coming. I haven't said it yet, but you really need to know about it. So here you go. And P.S. You don't always have to use the word boundary. I think we puff ourselves up sometimes. And we like say like, oh, I'm going to be super official and super formal because if I tell you it's a boundary, you won't cross it. Well, no, that's not true. It's a, we're on a wish and a prayer and a hope. We're hoping they don't cross it, but they are going to cross it at some point. And it's good for you that tomorrow we're talking about what to do when somebody crosses your boundaries. But for now, you're going to say like, hey, like, I just need you to know something about me. I just need you to, it's really important to me that going forward, you know, or I just just, you know, I want to talk to you about something I'm not particularly comfortable with, or it would be really helpful. And I, I think we'd get along better if you knew, um, in this like, you know, sort of matter of fact way. And one of, you know, it reminds me of is when I tell people that I have a hearing problem. Um, I'm supposed to, <laughs> I'm supposed to be wearing two hearing aids at all times. And the number of times in any given week that I'm actually doing that are pretty slim because I hate them. Um, Largely, sometimes they're, they don't consistently work for me. Sometimes they actually make communication harder for me. Um, and it's like none of the reasons why I hate them have to do with vanity. Like they're particularly small. You can't see them, but I just yet to get a set that doesn't interrupt like the way I move through the world. Um, but it makes my husband batty to have me go days on end without wearing them because he's constantly repeating himself. So when I am in unfamiliar situations, Situations. It's easier for me just to say to my husband, like, oh, I have my hearing aids in, but this restaurant is really like nuts. Um, I'm going to take my hearing aids out and, you know, I go into the bathroom and take them out or whatever. 
um, it's easier for me to be really casual in that conversation. I tend to get a little self-conscious when I'm telling people who have come to know me only online. Um, usually, like, you know, when I'm online, I'm always, for my video conferencing, I always have headphones in. So most of the people who work with me online have no idea that I have this, you know, hearing problem. So sometimes when I tell people ahead of time, if we're going to meet in person or it's going to be a different situation, I have to say, hey, listen, just so you know, if you have to repeat yourself, please don't think I'm not listening. Please don't think that like this is you know, you in any way, but I have this hearing loss problem. And so like sometimes communication with me can be rough. And when I watch people overcompensate, like it makes me super uncomfortable and I get super insecure and embarrassed and feel stupid. So then I like, I go, I'm just not going to tell people. I'm just not going to tell people. Um, and what you have to manage in that, like, and again, I know this particular example isn't a boundary, but I, I do think that managing people's reaction to this is recognizing recognizing that we still have to take care of ourselves and we have to say oh no that's not what I meant I'm sorry like this is fine or yes I can do this no I can't do that and you know this always comes up for me at conferences so what I typically have to say is could you talk into the left side of my ear because I do better there or you know like when I'm broken up into small groups and there's tons of background noise I usually have to say to people like I'm gonna move my seat based on who's talking so I can hear everybody and I'm setting people up for how I'm going to be different and I'm telling them why I need it. And yes, sometimes that means I have to manage their reactions, but I'd rather them be annoyed because I keep moving my seat than annoyed because they're talking to me and I'm answering with something that doesn't make sense because that's typically what happens when I pretend to hear um, and I try to get away with it. Oh yeah, ha ha. And I'm, I've often offended people because I'm responding inappropriately to what they said, thinking that like going off their body language, they're just making a joke. So it's the same thing with boundaries. Like by not setting them, you're creating those awkward you know, interactions, you're creating those uncomfortable situations and you want to set everybody up for success. And the best way to do that is matter of factly tell people what you want them to think. And then you kind of have to live and let go and like, let it go. And so that's, you know, that's where I want you to start thinking about today is how can you, if you're thinking about a boundary in your life that needs to be set in your life or in your business, how can you go about doing that a little bit differently? How can you take the oxygen and the air out of it, take it a little less seriously, make it more matter-of-factly, but still have that conversation. How can you make it more approachable and accessible for you? Because if you can take the intensity out of it and create it to be like what it really is, just a matter-of-fact of how you best move through the world or how you best move through your business, every everything you want is on the other side of that awkwardness. We just need to get you there. Um, so stay tuned. We're going to continue to have this conversation conversation for the rest of the week. We're digging deep into this Boundaries Masterclass. If you're a long time or even a new listener of the show, um, I've never done this before. So I would really love to know your thoughts and your feedback on it, whether or not five episodes on the same topic is too much, whether or not it's um, too much content, how could I set it up for success? Is this something you would want more of on other topics of interest? If it is, 
feel free to send me the topics you'd like me to go deeper on. I would love to do that with all of you. Um, Thanks so much for today. And join me for tomorrow when we're talking about what happens when you figure out the boundary, you communicate the boundary, and still your boundary is not respected. Until then, this is where I leave you. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.